How's everybody doing this week, by the way? We doing good? All right, very good. Is that it? We have one person that's pretty good. We got one right here for good. All right, perfect. Okay, we're going to start off with a little activity. I want you to participate a little bit, okay? I like to do this sometimes um, because it gets the blood flowing. It gets you smiling and laughing a little bit. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read to you a series of statements, okay? All these statements have one thing in common. After I get done reading the statements, I want you to tell me what these things have in common. So they're going to sound random. They're kind of funny. You have permission to laugh here at church, all right? You should enjoy this today, all right? So laugh a little bit if you want. But I want to read these to you, and I want you to tell me what they have in common. Are you all with me so far? Okay, great. Here you go, babe. Good job. All right. That typically goes worse than that. So I'm very proud it was big enough for me to ride. And so my kids are out riding the boogie board. I look at Seth and I'm going to go do it. Like, watch last words. I get out there. I thought I about broke my back. All right. I, got, I, was, I sat down for about six hours after that. Because, listen, I'm notorious. You can ask anyone that knows me. I will say something and go out in a blaze of glory. All right. I am, I am the guy that will say one of these statements. And I promise you, I'll make a fool of myself. But the thing is, is that's all funny. And we can all know that, man, there's been some funny things said before people did something stupid. But the reality is, is that all of us have made mistakes. Can we agree? If you're in here, have you made a mistake? Let me see your hand. Perfect. If you're in here, there's a 100% chance that you've made a big mistake. And if you haven't made a big mistake yet, it's coming. It's going to happen. You can't avoid it. I don't care how good of a person you are. You're going to make some big mistakes in your life. It's okay. We're all going to be there. And here's the thing. David, in the Bible, who we've been talking about this entire series, excuse me, he was known as a man after God's own heart. And even he made some horrible mistakes, horrible mistakes. And we have a lot in common with David. You know, before David made this big mistake or series of mistakes that we're going to talk about today, he, he made three statements. Now, they're not recorded in the Bible, but he said these three things. And here's what I know. If you're in here and you've made a mistake, which we all raised our hand a second ago, you've said these three things too. And they've gotten you into a lot of trouble. All right. We have some famous last words. And they're pretty epic. And we're going to talk about those in a second. But before we get there, I want to catch us up a little bit. We've been in a series called Lions, Giants, and Bears. Good job, Danielle. You were with me. I was very good. That was very good. All right, so we've been talking about the life of David and how how he became a man after God's own heart. So the first week, we talked about how he went out. And he defeated Goliath, right? But it didn't really matter what he defeated Goliath with. What mattered was what he was made of. Because it's what's on the inside that counts, all right? We've heard that before, right? You've been here. I've seen a lot of you here the last few weeks. It's what's on the inside that counts. So what did David have on the inside of him that made him a person after God's own heart? Well, the first thing he had was he had faith. Y'all say faith. He was faithful, keeping the sheep, keeping the goats when no one was around. And also, he had a little bit of fight in him. Y'all say fight. He was full of faith, and he was full of a little fight. He wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. He wasn't afraid to confront the things that would come threaten his flock, that would come threaten his life. And that is what gave him the courage to defeat Goliath. Well, then next or last week, we talked about how David was on the run. 
He was on the run for seven years. That is seven years of sleeping with one eye open. That's seven years of constantly looking over your shoulder, making sure that your enemy's not getting you. King Saul hated David. He put David on the run. He, he would chase David to place after place. He would intimidate person after person in David's life to try to figure out where he was. He was paying off people. He was hunting him down. The sling and a stone, I think you could get him from here. You know, like you already killed a giant. Like, surely you can get this guy. And David chooses to respond instead of react. So last week we talked about what's the difference between responding and reacting. Well, when we react, we, we, we tend to do things that only serve ourselves, that person. Instead, David had already decided who he was. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a man that's going to do that. And so in the moment, he was able to resist reacting, and he was able to, uh, to respond in a way that honored God. And we learned that, man, we want to be a responder and not a reactor, right? We, we talked about how we love that they're called first responders and not first reactors, because when you need them, you don't want them to be reacting, you want them to be responding. And so this week, Fast forward the tape a little bit. David's got an amazing life. You can read about it in First and Second Samuel and a little bit of Chronicles. You can read about his story. It's amazing. But I'm going to catch up real quick. King Saul has taken his life in battle, and uh, the person who would then take the throne would be his son. Well, his son also died in battle, leaving David as the king of Israel. Finally, He's been running, he's been being chased after, he's been uh, being persecuted. I mean, Saul's been trying to kill him for years and years and years. Finally, he's able to become king. And I'm telling you, the man, plus you can imagine, he could have any lady he ever wanted. He actually had multiple wives, which I know the Bible talks about a lot. Never a great idea. If you read about these stories, very complicated. All right, you should never do that. But he had multiple wives. He, anything he wanted, he had people waiting on him, waiting on his every need, right? Like he had all the notoriety. He had everything. He was on top of the mountain. But what do we know about being on the mountaintop? We talked about it about a month ago. Is that you are never more vulnerable than when you're on the mountaintop. You think you're vulnerable when you're in the valley, but you're never more vulnerable when you're on the mountaintop. Why? because you're not really looking over your shoulder much. Your blind spots magnify when you're on the mountaintop. David was no different. He's on the mountaintop. Nothing can take him down. There wasn't any army that he couldn't defeat. There wasn't any city that he couldn't take over. There wasn't any enemy that was gonna take him out. He could do it all. He had everything. But it was in this moment where he was most vulnerable. Some of you might walk in, and I love this. You're on a mountaintop experience. Your life's going pretty good. Man, you, you got it going on right now. Business is cranking. Your family's doing great. And that is all, I'm going to tell you right now, I am happy and maybe a little envious of you, okay? So I am very happy for you. But let me tell you, you're never more vulnerable than you are right now. You let your guard down when you're on the mountaintop. David, he's on the mountaintop. But he's about to make a series of decisions that are going to send everything crashing down. And it happened just like that. So we're going to read this story. 2 Samuel chapter 11, starting at verse 1. It says this. And y'all just listen to me because we don't have the slides right now. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. Here's why this is important. In the wintertime, kings 
nations wouldn't fight because it was too cold. The, the daylight wasn't long enough. Uh, it didn't make any sense to fight in the winter months. And so what happened is that winter months were typically full of peace. It was time for the soldiers to go home. They could see their families. They could heal up. They could rest up. And they could train. They could train other people. It was a really valuable time. And so in the wintertime, they didn't go to war. But man, when winter turned into spring, they were ready to go. That's where battle was at its hottest, right? Like you would go out and that's when you would conquer people is in the springtime. Feels great outside. Your people are rested. You've trained some new people. They're on your team. Your army got a little bigger after it took some losses, right? And typically kings would be there. Kings were known at this time as being warriors and they would be very knowledgeable in battle. David was no exception. He was amazing at all this stuff, but he didn't go. He sent his little buddy off, Joab, to go f- defeat the Ammonites. And it, he, it even gets better. His mountaintop gets taller. It says this, they destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. David didn't even have to be there. Isn't that what great leaders do? They delegate and they let other people do a better job than them, right? But David wasn't where he needed to be. After his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. Now, here's what I know. A lot of times when we get lazy, man, is when we start making some really bad decisions. David has already not been where he's supposed to be. He's broken his routine. He's taking a nap in the afternoon time. He's the king. I think there's a lot for him to do right now, you know? He's taking a nap. He gets out of bed. He's tired. How many of y'all wake up and you're still a little tired? Come on. He wakes up from a nap, and naps are the worst. You wake up from a nap, it's like, I think I've gotten hit by a semi-truck, right? Like, you're tired. This is not a good time to make decisions. I've heard it said, halt, H-A-L-T. When you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, and when you're tired, you should not make big decisions, okay? David has no one else around. He's lonely. I don't know if he was hungry, but let's assume he was hungry. He's tired, He just got up from a a nap. He's got three of the four right there. And here he is about to do something dumb. Here it goes. He was on the roof of the palace. As he looked over the city, he noticed. You say notice. He noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Any dude in here would notice the same thing, you know? But notice it didn't say he saw. He didn't just happen to see soldiers called David's mighty men. David's mighty men were some bad dudes, like they were, the reason the army was so good was because of these people. They were people that David was closest with. He probably personally trained them and he was, they were some bad dudes. Uriah is part of David's mighty men. He knew Uriah. He knew exactly who he was. It says, then David sent messengers to her. And when she came to the palace, he slept with her. Later, when Bathsheba discovered I am, doesn't care how good I can sing, doesn't care. He will challenge me right? Do you need people in your life that aren't impressed by you, that can kind of keep you humble so you don't make these dumb decisions like David did? So David said these three things. Here's the first thing he said. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not, you should write this down because the Bible says if you take notes in church, you'll go to heaven, okay? So I don't make the rules, all right? I'm just telling you what it says. Okay, first thing he said was fun for me. beyond just wanting, and we go into like, we have to have it. That's the kind of want I'm talking about right here. 
Maybe for you, it's a person at work that's not your spouse. You're not getting the attention you need at home, you deserve at home, and so all of a sudden, you're looking at this person. You? Man, there's some stuff, Seth will tell you, I will get laser focused on something. I'm like, I have to have it, and I will not stop it. I will sell my cars to get this zero turn, right? That's how I get. But I can get that with unhealthy food, or unhealthy food, yes, is my thing. But unhealthy things. Maybe for you, it is food. Man, that'll just make me feel better. I want it. I feel like I have to have it. You have this hunger, right? David was no different. David had everything he could possibly want. He was the king. That's better than the president. When I say this word, it's typically tied to something sexual, but it's really more than that. But lust says, I want it. Some of you have been lusting. It's not been after a person, but it's been after a thing. It's been after an idea. It's been after a car. It's been after more money. It's been after something completely different. But it's the same thing. And that's what David was doing. He was lusting. It happened to be after a woman. Deserved to be happy. Uh, man, I'll feel so content. I'm just, I don't feel content when I'm not doing this. I feel, I'll feel so content when I become the manager, when I become the boss. I'll feel so content. I'll feel so loved. If, if she, don't I just deserve love and respect? But she doesn't give me that at home. Don't I deserve that? I'm a person. I deserve that. She's giving me that at work. I deserve this thing, right? Like you can justify Some of you are justifying your lifestyle right now. When God is literally right now telling you to stop. Because in a moment, it could all come crashing down. In a moment, you could make a decision that if you just fast forwarded the tape a little bit, you would see the destruction it's going to cause in your marriage. We really don't. But we can justify anything. Lust says I want it. Entitlement says I deserve it. And the last thing David said was this, is I can handle it. You say that, you're about a half a second away. I mean, you're already there. David thought he could handle it. David thought he could just handle this responsibility. It's just going to be one little night, right? It's not, she's probably not going to get pregnant, right? I mean, that'd be crazy. Well, what happened? He thought he could handle it. He thought, I palace. He gets Uriah hammered, feeds him a lot of wine. He gets him hammered. And he's like, Hey buddy, why don't you go home to your wife? It's been a while since you've been home. And uh, she'd probably love to see you, you know, and he's trying to encourage him and her to, you know, make purple if, if uh, you know what I'm saying. So the problem was, is Uriah was so sold out to the army and to the nation of Israel. He slept at the palace. It didn't work. So David thought he could handle it, but he couldn't handle it. So what does David do? He makes it just a little bit more complicated. Just not much more complicated. It's just a little bit more complicated. He, he folds a piece of paper, if you will. Could you rip? Don't rip it, but could you rip that? Yeah. Okay, okay, perfect. Okay, so right as it go home, David's like, daggum, she's, she's going to start showing if we don't cover this up, right? And so David invites him back a second time. He gets, and he's like, Uriah. Your wife would sure like to see you. Like, I, I, bet, I bet she'd cook you a nice meal. I, I bet, you know, I bet, you know, you need to go home. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and all of a sudden, Uriah 
stays and sleeps at the palace again. He makes a little bit more. Can you, could you rip that? Yeah, I can handle it. You can handle that. Okay, perfect. Okay, so he doesn't go home a second time. Uriah now has taken two opportunities to go home and be with his wife, and he refuses because he's like, my men are sleeping in tents. How can I go home right now? Well, then David gets a bright idea. He's like, he obviously ain't going home. I got to take care of this or everyone's going to know. And so David makes it even more complicated. And so he tells the general of the army, he says, hey, I'm sending Uriah back to you. And uh, the next battle you go into, I want you to put him at the hottest point of the battle. And on your command, all the other troops are going to pull out and you're going to leave him there by himself. And uh, I don't need to ask me any questions about this. I just need you to do it. So before David knew it, he's taking something that he thought he could handle. And he's turning it into something that he couldn't handle. Now, I want you to try to rip that bad boy. You can't, right? Because you think you can handle a little piece of paper. It's something innocent, right? All right, you're good. Don't, you ain't going to do it, dude. I tried it at my house yesterday. It ain't happening. Hey, y'all give Jordan a hand. <clears throat> now, here's what I know. Some of you think that when you start justifying stuff, it's this easy. I can handle this. It's just a little piece of paper. Now, in full disclosure, that was cardstock. So a little thicker, but it was still just a piece of paper. But you think you can handle it. You think that, man, this is no big deal. But before you know it, the more you start making these decisions, the more you have to cover it up, the harder it is for you to handle it, the harder it is for you to take care of it. And before David knew it, He had slept with this dude's wife and then he had him murdered. He didn't wake up one morning going, man, I'm after this nap, I'm gonna ruin my life. But he did wake up and he said, man, I I like that, I want that. You know what, I think I deserve that. And he thought that he could handle it. And I wanna tell somebody today that whatever you're doing right now, you can't handle it. You can't. You can't carry it. Joe, you can come up. You can't handle it. You cannot continue to do this. At some point, the Bible even talks about it. It will come to light. So you better have control of this situation or God's going to take control for you. Sooner or later, Bathsheba was going to start showing she was pregnant. It's going it's to show. You cannot handle it. It's t- tonight's the night, I think, for some people to maybe just to come clean. Talk about it. Because you cannot continue to do this. Another word for what we're talking about is pride. So lust, it says I want it. Entitlement says I deserve it. Pride says I can handle it. When you do those three things, you're in trouble. David, a man after God's own heart, on top of the world, nothing could touch him. Start saying these things and his world comes crashing down. Now, let's be honest, I'm afraid for maybe some people in this room that you're carrying something. You've been carrying it, hiding it for too long. And you can't handle it. But tonight's the night I think you need to just kind of let go and to just fess up to some stuff. Now, I'm not going to call you up here and you're not going to announce it to everybody. Don't freak out, okay? but I know that you know that I'm right. It's too heavy. You can't keep carrying this thing. 
But here's what I do know is that David, even though he made these mistakes, was still known as a man after God's own heart. That shows me that there is nobody that is too far gone. You can always find freedom. You can always find restoration. You can always find redemption. You can always find love. You can always find forgiveness. You can always find grace. You can always find peace. You can always find all of these things when you come to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you did in your past. It doesn't matter what you did today. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you're doing. But if you stop, you come to Jesus, I'm telling you, you can have it all. Have all those things. And those things are the things that you really need. Those are the things we should want. Man. And those are the things we don't deserve. But God freely gives them to us. Uh, The Bible in this story, it's tragic. The story is so tragic. After this happened, uh, Bathsheba gave birth to this little boy. And uh, as a consequence of this, he got sick and the baby died. And David went from being on the mountaintop to being in the lowest valley, arguably of his whole life. And he puts pen to paper. He goes back to the times where he was in the field taking care of the sheep, where he would write songs and he would work on his music and he would pray. He would praise God. He goes back to that moment. He writes this psalm. I'm gonna read this psalm to you because this, is, should our, this should be our response when we do some things like this, when we say these statements and we make the mistake. Here's what your response should be. I, I tell you, you're not gonna hear in here defensiveness but you just don't understand. Like if this person were to just, that's not what David does. David gets confronted. God points out the sin in his life and he literally goes into a time of mourning. He's broken over this. He knew what he did was wrong. You know what you're doing is wrong. And he writes this Psalm. I want you just to hear the tone of this. It's amazing. Have mercy on me, oh God, because of your unfailing love because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Imagine how you're gonna feel when you don't feel guilty anymore. You can't be happy and guilty at the same time. It's not possible. Some of you are chasing happiness by doing these things, but really you're feeling guilty. You can't feel guilty and happy at the same time. He says, don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Don't banish me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then, this is the good news. Some of you think that, that you're disqualified from reaching others because of your past, because of the mistakes you made. But listen to what he says. Is he desires is a broken heart that comes to him. A a heart that goes, God, I've made this mess of myself. I need you to put it back together. David responded with humility and repentance. And those are real churchy words, but man, that's what the Bible talks about. Some of you need to have a humble spirit in this moment. Don't be defensive. Don't try to fight God, fight back. Don't be mad at me. I'm just the messenger, right? but you need to respond with some humility and then you need to repent, which means just to turn around, say, God, I'm going this way. That way is terrible. I want to go this way. I want to go toward you and turn around and go the way God wants you to go. 
That's what David did. That's what you can do right now. It doesn't matter how bad your thing is. It doesn't matter how bad the thing that happened to you is. God needs you to humble yourself and go the direction that he is. That's what David did. And did he have consequences? Yes. His family actually was kind of cursed after this. A couple of his sons tried to kill him. Uh, One of them, I mean, was super bad. I'm not even going to get into that right now. But I'm telling you, this ruined his family. But he was still redeemed from this. You can be redeemed. You might have to live with some consequences, but you can be redeemed. I'm telling you, living with the consequences as a redeemed person, as a forgiven person, is a heck of a lot better than living with consequences far from God. And I believe there's maybe some people in here watching online, wherever you are, listening to this podcast two years from now, that you've made some big mistakes. And I wanna tell you, that's okay. Just come to Jesus. Tell somebody. And hey, if you're a person that someone is telling their mistake to, keep it cool, okay? Create a space for them to say that where they're gonna find some love, maybe some truth, but some love. It's hard to share stuff because we think we're gonna get judged. We think that people are gonna yell at us. They're gonna, they're gonna shun us. That's not what we do here. This is a place where you can share some stuff. And you need a place to do that. That's why we have groups. Our semester is over or it's almost over. Get in another group. We'll start another one. I don't care. The semester thing is easy for us to remember. We'll start a group. But you need to be with people where you can share these things. And maybe for you, man, you haven't even stepped into a relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you, if you don't have Jesus and you make mistakes, I'm telling you, they're a million times harder. God is begging you right now to just receive the gift of salvation. It's you need to quit saying these things. I want it, I deserve it, I can handle it because all of those are lies. You don't deserve it, you can't handle it. And tonight's the night you need to move on. For some of you, you need to ask Jesus into your life. He wants to take these mistakes away. He wants you to give them to him. And in return, he gives you eternal life. It makes no sense. It's the, it's the worst deal on planet earth for him. But it's the best deal for us. And if that's you today, on the count of three, I wanna invite you just to raise your hand. And I'd love to pray that. If you're watching online, you can pray this prayer. Reach out to us and let us know. But if that's you, if you wanna ask Jesus into your heart, on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. All right, great, you can put your hands down. If that's you, if you're watching online even, you can say this prayer in your heart. This prayer's not magical, but it's just a way to articulate how you feel right now and say, dear God, I need you. I'm giving everything to you. I believe that what you did for me was real and I receive it. And I invite you into my life and in the best way I know how, I will live Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, y'all give a hand to those people that made a decision. We're so proud of you.